Good morning, a very warm welcome to our church, Kirkpatrick Memorial, on Sunday the 13th of September. So you join me now on about uh, take 26, uh, so I'm really hoping that this is going to be the one. But if you do happen to hear dogs barking, children fighting and screaming, doors slamming, uh, this time we're just going to ignore it. Uh, we're going to carry on, uh, I hope that's okay with everybody this morning. So wonderful uh, that you are all here with us. My name is Dan Hayes um, and I'm delighted and glad uh, to be able to lead our worship this morning. Many of you will be gathered in your homes, uh, but we're really excited and pleased that a small number are beginning to gather again in our church in the centre of Ballyhackamore. Uh, you are an encouragement to all of us, those who are gathered there this morning. Uh, everybody is with you in spirit. We look forward to the time when we can join you, but we hope that you know just a sense of community there as you begin to re-establish uh, and restore fellowship with one another. Well, bad thing happened to me this week uh, on Monday morning, as if Monday morning's not bad enough. I got up early as normal to walk the dogs and I looked outside and it was still dark. Where did that happen? The summer gone, just like that. One season changing into the next. Always a sad time of the year for me, I think. But it caused me to look back and reflect on some of 2020 so far. I thought about those early days of lockdown and, yep, it was a strange time, obviously, and a scary time, but also provided a little bit more space, a little bit more freedom, and I wondered to myself, how might I use that time? Those early days, the beautiful weather, the blue skies, the sunshine, the wonderful spring days, and the roads were just so quiet and calm. And all you could hear was the birds singing all day long. Well, I resolved that I was going to learn not just the birds by their appearance, I also wanted to learn them by their song. I was going to learn their language. Six months on, could I do that with one single bird? Of course I can't. Well, the other thing I thought about with this freedom, how can I use my time? Maybe I'm going to get fit. I'm going to wrestle this body into the shape that it should be. But when I was dragging my body out of the wind and rain-stripped sea in Donegal this summer, it was still all Dan Hayes and no Daniel Craig coming out of the sea. My wobbly bits were just as wobbly as they were uh, at the beginning of the lockdown, I'm afraid. And finally, my guitar it sits in the corner of my bedroom, unloved and unplayed. And I thought this was going to be the time when I was finally going to take it down and master it. But sadly, it is still there collecting dust. But there was something uh, about this time. You see, our culture, our world has a mantra. Christoph touched on it last week that says what we need is bigger, faster, more. Bigger, faster, more. If you want to get anywhere, if you want to get ahead in life in any way, what you need is bigger, faster, more. But you know, for a little while, maybe it wasn't turned off, but at least it was turned down a notch or two in the dial. And there was that opportunity, that space for the still small voice that speaks deeper into our soul, deep 
calling to deep that tells us that there can be another way. It doesn't have to be bigger, faster, more. I've been reading this little book over the last couple of months, Less is More, by a guy called Brian Draper. And I found it really, really helpful. Listen to this little bit that he writes. Here is a gift of true worth, divine presence. Amid the white noise of a world surfing the airwaves, amid the narrowcasts, broadcasts and podcasts, caught in the radio signals, mobile downloads and webcasts, up with the static and the crackle of interference, one simple signal still pulses from ages past, like a heartbeat. Are you receiving me? Are you receiving me? Are you receiving me? Well, I hope this morning our hearts are saying, well, I want to receive. I want to receive. Lord, help me to receive. So we're coming into the presence now of the living God. Take a moment just to remove any distractions. Sit comfortably, but no, not so comfortably that you forget your posture before that living God. Maybe close your eyes. Take a deep breath or two. Just to get ready to receive. We're going to sing together the 23rd Psalm and prepare to receive God's comfort, God's peace and his strength at this time. Well, let's bow our heads as we pray together. Good morning, Father. You are our shepherd and we are glad to be called your sheep. Glad to have a shepherd who knows us by name. Counts us as we go out and counts us safely back in again. Glad to have a shepherd who cares for our needs. Takes us to new pastures and leads us on to the best places. Glad to have a shepherd that cares about the whole flock. Strong for us when we feel weak. Powerful for us and providing hope when we feel defenseless. We are glad to have a shepherd who cares deeply if we get lost. Father, when we stray and when we look elsewhere or believe that the grass is greener in some other place, we let our pride, our selfishness and our foolishness get the better of us. We know that there is amongst our flock a perfect lamb, Jesus, through him we are never completely lost, never given up on and always welcomed back. We acknowledge that we need our shepherd in mind, body and soul and we are sorry for all the ways that we have gone astray. And Spirit, with your help, may your kingdom values come. May our schools, workplaces, houses and neighbourhoods and our church be better places. Better because we are there and you are in us. 
establish justice, mercy, hope, gentleness, love, peace and patience through us, your flock. Spirit, this is hard and we humbly ask for your help. In Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, I hope that you have benefited uh, as we've journeyed through this COVID season uh, of going on a pilgrimage through the Psalms of Ascent. I think it's been a fantastic series uh, and that journey through the Psalms of Ascent comes to an end today. Uh, so we're going to hear Psalm 133 and Psalm 134. Today's reading is from Psalm 133 to 134. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the colour of his robes. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Psalm 134 Praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who minister by night to the host of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. May the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. It's a sobering moment for any parent when you see yourself in the behaviour of your children. I've had lots of moments like that along the way. I remember one uh, way back when the kids were wee. We were at the breakfast table and I was trying to get Patrick and Sophie fed when the whole thing descended into a shouting match. Uh, Patrick had been growling at Sophie and shouting, Stop looking at me, Sophie! And Sophie was screaming at the top of her voice, No, Patty! No! It was more than she could take. Before long, Patrick reached for a Rice Krispies packet and he erected it as a barrier, a kind of a peace wall between the two of them on the table. I'd love to be able to report that things have improved over the years. Such is family life in the Ebbing House. It was the cereal packet manoeuvre that did it for me. When Patrick reached for the Rice Krispies, it reminded me of the days when I used a cornflakes packet to protect me from the gaze of my older brother. I didn't want to look at him. I couldn't stand the sight of him. And to this day, I can remember my mum reciting the opening verse of Psalm 133 for us both. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. Whether we like it or not, the moment we confess Jesus Christ as Saviour and Lord, we join a family. And of course, just because we're a family of faith doesn't mean that we're one big happy family. People in this family aren't always nice. And they don't suddenly become perfect when they trust Jesus. They don't suddenly transform into brilliant conversationalists, exciting friends, glowing examples. Some of them are grumpy, and others are dull, and others, truth be told, are just a pain in the neck. But, says Jesus, these are your brothers and sisters. 
If I want to call God Father, then this is my family. Whenever it dawns on us that we're part of a God-given family, we tend to respond in a variety of ways. Uh, some people run away from their God-given family and they pretend that it doesn't exist. Some move out and get a place of their own. They still visit with the family, uh, particularly for special occasions, but it's not really home anymore. Some people would never dream of leaving. It's the rest of us who are left to dream that they would. They criticise what's served at mealtimes. They quarrel about the way the place is kept. They complain that everyone else in the family is either demanding too much of them or ignoring them. But for all these types of Christians who can't really accept their place in the family, there are many who see it very differently. They decide that they're going to try and work out why God has placed them in this family. They, de they determine that they want to live in harmony and joy with their brothers and sisters in Christ, and they are determined that they're going to be a blessing to the rest of the family. Psalm 133, this short three verses, is a wonderful invitation to community in the family of God. Look again at verse 1. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. Straight away we're reminded what we've seen right throughout our whole Bibles, and that is that community is essential. Think of creation. It wasn't complete wasn't good in its entirety until there was community. One of the first things that Jesus did when he began his public ministry was to pick his team. Andrew and Peter, come on, you'll do. James and John, come on ahead. Jesus built community. Some years later, when some of the early Christians were dropping out of the Jesus community, starting to do Sunday brunch or shopping instead, a pastor wrote to them and he told them to nurture this incredible, precious gift of community. He said, and you can read it in Hebrews 10, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. That's an important pastoral comment at any time and maybe especially for these times we find ourselves in. So our opening verse chimes with the whole of the Bible, emphasising the importance and the blessing of community. But if you look carefully, you'll see the psalmist is saying something more. He's talking about people living together like brothers. Sharing life together isn't always easy. If you've tried it, you'll know. I think there might be a clue in this image of brothers. I've already talked about hitting my brother across the breakfast table when I was a boy and an adolescent. The world's full of more sinister stories of brothers who don't get on. Brothers fight. Sisters can be bitchy. If it's true, and I think it is, that brothers don't always get on, then we're going to need help if we're going to be able to sing verse 1 of this psalm. We need God to step in. 
of course, God already has stepped in. He's right at the centre of the action in this psalm. Let me, let me remind you, these psalms, these songs of ascent from 120 through 134, these are the songs that the pilgrims used to sing as they went three times a year to the great religious festivals in Jerusalem. From Psalm 120 right through to 131, the pilgrims are on their way. They're preparing for Jerusalem. But whenever we get to the last three in the collection, they're singing on the completion of their journey. So Psalm 133 is set in Jerusalem. It's sung by pilgrims who are going to God, people who have arrived in his presence. That should help us to understand this more clearly. The brothers in this psalm aren't biological brothers. They're brothers and sisters in the family of God. We who are in Christ are also brothers and sisters in the family of God. That's why Paul is able to command the believers in Rome to be devoted to one another in brotherly love. So the psalmist begins in verse 1 by telling us what a wonderful thing it is when God's people live in vibrant community. And then, rather than commanding us to do this or to do that, he gives us two beautiful pictures to inspire us to enter into this life. We'll come back to that in a moment, to look at these two beautiful pictures together. But first we'll pause and we'll sing and we'll invite God to build his kingdom here. So we've seen in verse 1 of Psalm 133 what a wonderful thing it is when God's people live in vibrant community. Now, in the remaining couple of verses, the psalmist gives us two beautiful pictures to inspire us to enter into this life of community. Find the first picture there in verse 2. The unity of God's people is like precious oil poured on the head, running down the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down the collars of his robes. Now, greasy hair and beards uh, don't immediately make for a very appealing image in our culture. But properly understood, it's a quite glorious picture. It comes to us from Psalm 29, from Exodus 29, I should say, where instructions are given for the ordination of Aaron and the other priests. After sacrifices were prepared, Aaron was dressed in priestly clothes, and then this instruction was given. Take the anointing oil and anoint him by pouring it on his head. In this way, you shall ordain Aaron and his sons. Oil. Throughout the whole Bible, oil is a, a sign of God's presence and a symbol of the spirit of God. Oil is a very sensuous thing. So it, it glistens. It softens the skin, it perfumes the person, it, it lubricates, and it makes things easy. The oil of God's presence should make our community a, a warm and a vibrant and an easy place. A, a place that contrasts with any coldness or formality or keeping each other at arm's length. If you've been with us over these last years in Kirkpatrick Memorial, 
you'll have seen glimpses of what the oil of God's presence can do. But the oil the psalmist is talking about here isn't any old oil. This is anointing oil, marking out a person as a priest. Did you know that brothers and sisters in Christ are to be priests to one another? That's what God always intended. Listen to what God says to his people, Israel, in Exodus 19. If you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you'll be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you'll be for me a kingdom of priests. The Apostle Peter, he picks up on this imagery in the, the second chapter of his first letter. And he reminds disciples of Jesus Christ that they too are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Friends, if we were together this morning in our building, I'd ask you to look around you. And I'd ask you, do you see the oil flowing over the head, down the face, through the beard and onto the shoulders? of the people in the pews nearby? Do you see all the priests around you? Maybe the person who led you to Christ is in this gathering. Or someone who's prayed for you. Someone who's spoken God's word to you at a time when you've needed to hear it. Someone you've served alongside. I know when I look around the congregation of Kirkpatrick Memorial, even in my mind's eye, I see people who are priests to me every bit as much as I am to them. When we see each other as God's anointed priests, our relationships change forever. That brings us finally to our second picture. The psalmist says that when there's community among God's people, it's as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. Mount Hermon is by far the highest mountain in the world of the psalmist. It rises to over 9,000 feet in the Lebanon range north of Israel. If you've ever had the opportunity to sleep overnight in the mountains or hiked early in the morning at altitude, you'll know how heavy the dew is. In the summer of 1997, I camped for a few nights at an altitude of 5,500 feet in the Swiss Alps. Whether it rained or not, my tent was soaking every morning. The psalmist imagines this heavy dew of Mount Hermon falling on the, the hills of Zion. So he's picturing this, this copious dew refreshing and nurturing the dry, barren Judean hills. He's picturing a dew that will bring with it a, a sense of morning freshness. And an anticipation of growing. Friends, it's, it's vital that any church family has an ever-renewing sense of expectation in, in what God's doing in their brothers and sisters. For our community here at Kirkpatrick to continue to flourish, we need to view each other in this way. With expectancy. Wondering what God's going to do in this person today and in that person tomorrow. 
Eugene Peterson puts it like this. When we're in a community with those Christ loves and redeems, we're constantly finding out new things about them. They're new persons each morning, endless in their possibilities. We explore the fascinating depths of their friendship and share the secrets of their quest. It's impossible to be bored in such a community, impossible to feel alienated among such people. Isn't that wonderful? What a beautiful picture of the community of God's people. I think it's a message for all of us, but I wonder whether God might be speaking this particular word, especially to some of our longer standing members today. Maybe you've been part of this community for 15 years now, or for 50. Maybe you feel like you've seen it all before. You know who's who in this place. You know who you like and who you don't. You know who's spiritual and who isn't. You know these things because you've always known them. And you know they're not going to change. Dear brother, Dear sister in Christ, come and be drenched in the dew of God's blessing. The blessing that falls in the place where brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. Let's all agree to beware of labelling folk too much or of predicting their future behaviour. Let's keep our eyes open. And see how each person in our church family is unique and specially loved by God and led by the Holy Spirit. What a key time this is to respect one another and to guard our unity during this pandemic where we all face stresses and strains. Let's value our unity. When brothers live together in unity, it is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. The psalmist closes and so must we. In the last line he tells us that this good life together is where the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. I wonder what you think about when you think of life forevermore or eternal life. Some of the images of eternity that we come up with are, are so bland and so boring that most of us, if we're entirely honest, aren't sure we'd want to spend eternity in a place like that. Heaven doesn't sound like much crack. We wonder whether the better time will be had in hell. We only think that way because we don't know our Bibles. Here in Psalm 133, we get a hint that all the crack is going to be in heaven. The psalmist has described a community where the relationships are warm, where there's expectancy, where people are enjoying life together. And he goes on to say that this is the place of God's eternal blessing. This is where he gives life forevermore. As far as I can tell, that means that heaven is like nothing, quite so much as a great party. Bring together in your imagination all the friends that you enjoy most, the people who make you laugh, those with whom you've shared wonderful experiences, the people 
with whom you feel completely alive, that is a hint of heaven. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Folks, that brings us to the end of our journey with the Songs of Ascent. We don't have time to study Psalm 134, either this week or next. But we can do something else. We can sing it. As you'll sing, you'll see that it's a song for those who've finished their journey, who've arrived in God's presence. And that's a place where we praise God and where he blesses us. Let's sing it together just now. In our prayers of intercession this morning, there's going to be plenty of time and space where you can bring to God the people and the places that he's laid on your heart uh, where you would love to see him moving in real power. There's also a challenge in these prayers uh, as we reflect how might we become, at least in part, the answer to some of the prayers that we pray. Let's bow and pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, be with those known to us who are sick or in pain. Teach us the way of peace. Comfort those who hurt or are lonely. And help us to be the ones to speak up. Be with those who are hungry and poor. And Lord, help us to give to them like you have given to us. Father, embrace those treated poorly because of their difference. Lord, boldly let us be an example of love. Your peace, Lord, when we see war and conflict around the world and at home. Lord, empower us. Show us how to make a difference and bring peace. In all that we are, Teach us to live together in community, in the humility of your sacrificial love. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen. Folks, a, a few very quick announcements. Um, while we've been watching online, a small number of people have been meeting in church today. Um, I can report that there is room for more people to gather in the church than are, are currently going there. So keep inviting folks who maybe haven't been able to get online to our services and let them know that they'd be most welcome to meet at church on Sundays at 11 o'clock. Do encourage them to sign up for that so that we can uh, track who's coming. Uh, you've probably gathered over the last few days that the assembly is reintroducing greater levels of restrictions in Belfast in an effort to reduce the spread of the virus here. 
Unfortunately, that means that other organizations beyond our Sunday morning service should probably expect further delay in the restart of face-to-face -face gatherings. The Kirk Session and the Project Restart team, they're monitoring the situation and they'll keep you informed of the developments. In this week's email, I shared a link to some Care for the Family upcoming online events and also an opportunity to have your say in a House of Lords Life After Covid inquiry. With a few video extras this week, our first edition of Postcards from Church uh, and also a video from the Rooted team to remind you about that women's event on the 3rd of October. As I said when I was preaching, we've come to the end of our summer series on the Songs of Ascent. It might well mark the end of a series, but it really only marks the beginning of the rest of your life of a pilgrim. Your walk with Jesus to your Father God. I've included a wee song after the benediction today that might just put a smile on your face as you continue on your journey with Jesus. Look out for Now I'm On My Way. Bye for now. So I really hope it has been good for your soul to be gathered together here again this morning, grounded and rooted in the love of God for the coming week. And as you go out into this week to love and to serve, wherever that may be, it's true that you cannot change the world. But it is possible keeping your eyes on Jesus, that you might just make a little change in the world around you, bringing some light and hope and peace to a world that really needs it. Lord, keep us from following a faith that waits for peace in heaven. You are our peace and you are always with us. May your peace come and your will be done on earth, as indeed it is in heaven. Amen.